Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end a one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Again, we'd like to welcome you good folks to the War Room. you once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. Uh, Jimmy the Blueprint is out this evening. He is hes not a healthy scratch. He's a little bit under the weather, so shout out to the homie. Um, but y'all know how we do. Super Bowl 54 is set. Boy, Zion is taking off. You know, we got to talk our ish about all of that. So grab a chair, a beverage, get your popcorn ready. Keep it locked right here in the war room. If you want to get in on the conversation, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in a couple minutes when we open the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, Y'all know the deal. When we're not live on the air, make sure you check out archive episodes of our show. You can do that at warroomsports.com, Warroom Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk, Spotify, wherever you do your podcast listening. Check out us and some other shows on our network. Shout out to Tissue and the Tape, the Hip Hop Homies. Uh, uh, shout out to the Broad Street Line after further review with the mayor. Uh, everybody on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, just make sure you do that. B, I needed to to talk to you real quick about a little something. I don't know if you saw this, but the homie survived from tissue and the tape brought this to our attention um, a couple of days ago, man. Yes, you know how for nine and a half years we've been kind of setting the, the the trends around here for mm-hmm. at least this hip hop fusion of sports, mm-hmm. you know, and hip hop, popular culture, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and imitation has always been the greatest form of flattery, but um, it, it gets to a point where sometimes when the big guys steal from the little guys, the people out there, they might not know where the stuff is actually coming from. So that's the only thing that, that pees me off a little bit sometimes. You know, the undefeated, <laughs> the chitlin circuit of ESPN, <laughs> the colored network, um, yeah. as they say. They put up a, a tweet the other day of Barry Bonds. And don't you know that tweet said H-O-F or F-O-H? Holy shit! Oh, my God. <laughs> no! Do you know that that tweet said H-O-F or F-O-H? <laughs> Yo. Yo. <laughs> I was, you know. I mean, it's, it's not like it hasn't happened before. We had the homie Rob Park on the show. Next day, he's doing all of Jimmy's jokes on the air. I mean, I mean, we've had stuff before. As a matter of fact, the Shadow League, you know, that was the the ESPN spinoff's first attempt at a at a black sports network. The Shadow League was. I'm saying my name. Put some respect on it. Did you? Yeah, the Shadow Yo, League was doing that. At the end of the day, well. I need him to put. 
put a lot of respect on our name. Yeah, yeah. The Shadow League was doing Shadow League, the Undisputed, the other shows. Man, and all three of y'all stop playing with my name. <laughs> Yo, um, I, I hear you on the on the imitation being the, the highest form of flattery. Uh, but we have the same we have the same take on that. Uh, flattery be damn, cut my check. Like cut my check, cut my cut my check. No, I'm 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 gonna keep you know. Of course, you know I said something back on the on the little tweet, but um, you know I, I I'm I'm gonna keep an eye on it, you know, because that's one of the that, that's one of our man, that's an original. You know what I'm saying? We went to an ESPN event with T-shirts that said that on it, and we're getting a whole lot of attention. Um, so yeah, yeah, we might have to hear something from the from the trademark attorneys on that one. Either way, man, we're here to to do what we do, man. Hot topics are brought to you by my bookie, Real Room. Y'all know the deal. You can make a lot of bread sports betting at my bookie. Super Bowl Fifty Four is a little over a week away. The NBA. It's in the second half of the marathon, but if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to do so. Lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. You can join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You're tired of getting excuses when it's time to collect on your bets? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay out fast. No hassle. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now and my bookie will match 50%. Of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it, B. All right, man. So the Major League, well, you know, Baseball Hall of Fame class has been announced. um, And the big names in that are Derek Jeter and Larry Walker. I know, B, baseball is not your thing, you know, I was expecting Jimmy to be on to have a little conversation about this, but uh, he is not. Um, I'm gonna just—I mean, can I give some bars on on the on the on the great Derek Jeter? I mean, yeah, that's probably that. only. Listen, the reason why I know that Derek Jeter belongs in the Hall of Fame has precious little to do with baseball. Yo. Have you seen my man's roster? You know what I mean by it. Have you seen his roster? Yo, and in a time of social media where there's just no way someone of his stature can walk through life with a pristine and clean uniform on, yo, my man is Teflon and spotless, B. Now, as a player... I think a lot, I think, I think a lot of that has... I think that has a lot to do with how Derek Jeter is perceived. Derek Jeter is a great player, no doubt. Hall of Fame worthy. Um, Gentleman. Never been questioned. But there's there's something out there like where everybody has this venom for this one guy because he would have been unanimous, but one voter oh. didn't vote for him. So everybody's out here like, oh, what is this guy smoking? What is he thinking? It's been a whole big deal over the past week that this one guy didn't vote for for Derek Jeter. But just like you said, like the stuff that you were saying, I think that goes into how we may overrate Derek Jeter as a legend. I'm not saying he's not a legend, but the the fact is, like, when was Derek Jeter ever 
the best player? Like, was he ever the best player in in in, in baseball? All right, was all right, he even right. ever in the we argument? Get into the the we get into the criteria, which can help me participate in this conversation, since you and all of our listeners know that I know absolutely nothing about baseball, save for my man Bryce Harper and Manny and uh, the 2008 Philadelphia Phillies. So let me ask you this. From a criteria standpoint, what positions did Derek Jeter play? Derek Jeter was a shortstop. A short, okay. shortstop, I don't think he – I don't you he was, know, I don't even think he's was he ever top Was he ever top five shortstops? Ah, there was he ever in the league? In the, in the in the league, league he's in the league. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been years when he's been there. Years Derek ago. Jeter's big thing is Derek Jeter's always been clutch, especially in the clutch. playoffs. Yes. So like you said, you look at the roster and what the Yankees used to trot out there. They're always yeah. in the playoffs, so right. he always got a chance to show his medal in the playoffs. But you know, they're top they're, five. Make top five. A, How long was his career? About sixteen seasons. There's, or, or, um, there's, there was always, I think, oh, in my opinion, there were always better shortstops in the league. But then, like you said, a lot of them never got to show what he was able to show in the postseason as much because, you know, they just didn't get there like the Yankees did. So, you know, five championships. Uh, he was a clutch performer. On, on a lot of those runs. Um, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, of course. First ballot Hall of Fame, of course. But I just don't understand the uproar of, you know, oh, man, this writer, we got to find this writer. Who was this? And blah, blah, blah. They actually found out who the writer was because people were that pressed to do so. Um, and looking at his ballot, he did not vote for Derek Jeter, but he did vote for Barry Bonds. No problem with it. Because, of course, Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens once again didn't get in on their eighth year of eligibility, so they got two more seasons um, to 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 try to get in. Um, I'm really hoping at this point that the voters are just like we're just gonna make them sweat it out until the last ballot. Yeah, um, the the I, momentum I doesn't gonna, seem like that. You. Like their their percentage hasn't gone up. But I really hope that these people aren't going to keep them. I ain't going to hold you. You, you. you know how I watch baseball, and I watch baseball like a little kid because, you know, my mind shrinks when it comes to that game. So I'm looking for guys when they get up to the plate, if the pitcher pitches to them, they hit the ball. So that's one of the reasons why I probably overrate Manny, and I always talk about Manny. But Barry Bonds was a cat. I distinctly remember watching him play perhaps three times. When they pitched to him, he hit the ball. Like hmm. I've I've seen pitchers like do that do that gay stuff and like throw the ball like all right, ask the, 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 the catcher to step away from the plate and we're just gonna throw four pitches and give them give them you know, give them a base. I've seen them do that to Barry. Like I've seen them not like we not taking a oh, chance. That was routine. Yeah, but when they threw the ball across the plate, like, dude hit the baseball every time. So, for me, and, and we've talked about this before, and, and going back to Jeter even, because Jeter, Jeter was a guy who had some little bit of roid rumors, but not, not really. Guys that are able to hit the ball, I don't think steroids or it plays a part in your hand-eye coordination 
and how you hit the ball. Maybe bat speed. And you said who have rumors? Jeter. Jeter might did he did he nah, have Mr. Clean? Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. He was Mr. Clean. Yeah, Mr. Clean. Tough line. My bad. Mr. Clean ain't had no sex scandals. <laughs> yeah, not, not, none of the above. Everybody and like got I said, a non-confidentiality. The way Everybody he was able to keep that reputation throughout his career is, it, it, you know, it plays a big part. So, so because it's subjective, and you know, we go back to like football. We go back to people like Art Monk, who led every, you know, every statistical category wide receiver could when he was hired. When he when he retired, but the yeah. media didn't care for him. Too they didn't. Much they didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't like him much. So, you know, they made him wait so long. So, you but know, doesn't have that problem. My my point in I was making with Barry Barry was a guy that always delivered, and when I watched Derek Jeter, he was a guy that always delivered. Like whenever I watched him play, he did something that my small, limited baseball mind could comprehend comprehend as, oh, that's a hot play. And so for me, I kind of weigh that in. I'm looking at his stats; they aren't. Top of the top of the line, but they're very impressive. If he's top five for a protracted period of time, I think he played 19 seasons, 14 all-star games. He's got a ton of, of RBIs. I, I, I think he's definitely hall-worthy. I think he's hall-worthy. How much of that was stat accumulation when you play 19 years? I don't know, but I'm going to give him the benefit and say that, that he's, he's, he's deserved of the Hall of Fame, and not just because of his roster and his ability to stay. Nah, I mean, that's not even that's not even a question. The only thing, yeah. like I said, the only thing that's been a pressing issue this week is that it wasn't unanimous. I got, I got, I got um, some. I got there's only been one unanimous in the history, you know, and that's Mariano Rivera, who Mariano Rivera, Marriott, went in. So, so yeah, I mean, shout Eric, out to Eric those Jeter, guys, man. Eric Congratulations, Jeter or Eric Jeter or Aroid. Who was better in their prime? You would know. I would. I mean, to me, A. Rod was a better baseball player, better all-around baseball player. But gotcha. Gotcha. Know, and, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people will tell you, like as great as Derek Jeter was, greatest as shortstop that he was. Even he wasn't even the best shortstop on his own team. Yeah. And though you know, but A. Rod was versatile enough to move over and play third base and let Derek Jeter rock where he could rock. Um, Skyview, shout out to him <laughs> and his uh, and his Y and his R on his keyboard. But he said Jeter was the co-best player in the East for a good five-year stretch. He played five years too long, though. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's a subjective thing. Like, there's no question about Derek Jeter. I'm I'm just like, why are they giving this dude a hard time? Because his opinion says he wanted to vote for some other people instead of Derek Jeter. Maybe he even knew, like, yo, Derek Jeter is not even going to have an ounce of an issue getting into the Hall of Fame on his first ballot. So let me vote for some people that I want to vote for. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Scott, you also said Ameri- the American League East belonged to Jeter defensively. I, I, I don't even think – I mean, Jeter had about five gold gloves. But I don't even think he was the greatest – put it this way. Jeter, you know, Jeter gets to the – when he gets to the ball, he finishes the play. He he was always criticized a little bit for his range. There were some rangier shortstops out there that could get to stuff oh, that Jeter could necessarily get to. But when he got to it, he made the throws. You know, he, he liked to make that jump in that one motion, get the ball, jump in the air, get it to first base type thing. He was a master of that. 
But shout out to him. Shout out to Larry Walker as well. Um, like I said, we got two more years to see if they're ever going to, you know, stop what they're doing, the Clemens and Bonds. Um, at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of people that are saying they, they're just going to say they did it to themselves. Bonds is clearly a Hall of Famer before any evidence of steroids, but he still did it. And, and <laughs> it is it is what it is. All right, so... um, just dig the long ball. <laughs> yes, they do. You did it for the chick. Um, yo, I don't know if you saw, man. It was a brawl in college basketball the other day. Kansas mm-hmm. versus Kansas State. I mean, mm-hmm. we know, you know that rivalry. Um, Kansas is the much better sports program in general, but you know, being of close proximity like that, the schools, the teams, they just end up not liking each other. So. Uh, Kansas was winning this game with a few seconds left. They were trying to dribble out the clock. Uh, one of the players from Kansas State, um, wait, let me get the let me get the names. Um, let me get the name. I don't. Know, I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. The white, the white bull, the white bull with the beard, the little the, dirty the from Kansas beard. State. Stole the ball, tried to run down for a layup. Uh, Kansas big man, the the Souza, Sylvia the Sosa. He ran down, blocked the shot. After he blocked the shot, he not only just talked trash. He stood over the dude. He walked over him, stood over him, talked trash. Some of the Kansas State players took exception to it. They came uh, pushing. Some punches were exchanged, or at least some punches were thrown. Uh, D'Souza, Sosa, whatever his name is This dude picked up a stool He didn't end up hitting anybody with it But there's some, some Damning photos of him holding a stool Over his head like he's about to crash it On somebody's head um, And then everything uh, Came down the pipe Silvio was suspended For 12 games for throwing A punch and picking up a stool during the Chaos Uh his teammate, David McCormick, was suspended for two games. Uh, James Love from Kansas State and Antonio Gordon from Kansas State uh, were both suspended. Love got eight games. Antonio Gordon got three. This was a big, ugly situation. It was, it was um, nasty. Was when you saw this going down. Um, three, three things. Uh, fourth, actually. The first was the gentleman who saw fit to steal the ball to pad his stats um, the very first thing I thought, yo, I swear to you, this is I, I literally was saw this replay and I was like That's the first thing that popped in my mind. I'm like, yo, you've already lost the game. So what's the point in being Bush League and stealing the ball? Um, I didn't see anything wrong with what DeSosa did in terms of the defensive play and intensity. Yeah, I didn't no, even have a problem with the ball, with the you go down there and play defense. I, I, I didn't have a problem with the taunting because of the Bush League play of the K-State player. I didn't even have a problem. Like, who are you losing that bad to try and go get that layup? I'm going to beat it off the glass, and I'm going to stand over you and let you know that I beat it off the glass and, and, and if I had a chance with your girlfriend to beat it off the glass, I would. But my thing with with when where it went left was the bench clearing 
and then your man DeSosa. Yo. Yeah. And the guy the guy Yo. who stole the ball. I was trying to look for his name earlier. His name is DeWan Gordon. Yeah, he needs he needs a he needs a suspension. He probably not gonna get one, but he need he needs one. Nah, you he don't needs. get suspended for that. It's definitely I know, I know he does. Um I mean I think he got his punishment for that. Like you really tried to get a freebie and it got beat up off the glass. The mm-hmm. only problem was I, I and I don't like I said, the I can't blame I can't really blame the Sosa for, for starting it. Because even though like the Sosa took his chance on getting a taunting technical for doing what he did, that's where it, it probably should have ended. But mm-hmm. the K State people didn't like how they he walked over him, so then then there was some pushing involved. So you really can say, even though he got the biggest suspension, probably you know definitely because he, he he threw some 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 punches and then picked up the stool. Um, he got the biggest suspension, but he did not start. But it's rarely the people who started who get in the most trouble. So we already know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott Skyview in the in the in the chat said uh, if he didn't pick up that stool. Maybe he ends up right, with three right. with three right. games. He'll, he'll be he'll be right over there with the minimum because he wouldn't have gotten trouble for the taunt. He would have just got a technical for the taunt. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So if the case they do didn't start pushing, he wouldn't have started jabbing, and then he wouldn't have felt the need in the melee and the scrum to protect himself at all costs by picking up. So I'm really my, not my mad fourth, at him, but it just looks thought, the optics of it, it looks crazy. Yeah, the optics terrible. My 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 fourth thought was malice, in the, but you know I I guess yeah, whenever you have a fan, yeah, this it just was. spilled over into the crowd. But that that they was rumbling fans. There will never be another malice in the palace. I don't think <laughs> not, for, not not like time, not for my money. But we'll, I don't I don't know because some fans really go overboard these days. So somebody might get spoiled one day. It might start another brouhaha, but. Yeah, so the suspensions have, have come down on that one. Because at first, the Sosa had, uh, his coach had said he was suspended indefinitely until um, the school and the conference and the NCAA, you know, decided what they were going to do. So their final decision was 12. Uh, so, you know, shout out to him. Like I said, you can't be totally mad at the dude. Now he looks like the thug of all thugs because, you know, People wanted to start some nonsense, and he he just wanted to finish it. But yeah, he wasn't right, with so, it. <laughs> before we take some calls, let's get into a little bit of uh, hoops, and in the middle of that, we'll 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 take a few calls. Um, and before we do, you know, gotta get Curtis in the building. What up, Kurt? All right, so um. In the NBA, the NBA Players of the Week uh, won Ben Simmons in the Eastern Conference and Kawhi Leonard in the Western Conference. Uh, ben Simmons averaged 21.3 points, 9.5 rebounds, 7.3 assists, 1.3 steals um, during a 3-1 and week without a uh, big man in the middle, Joel Embiid. Kawhi Leonard, you know, he, he, he came and played. He didn't load manage, so he got the, the player of the week. He averaged 38 points a game, 4.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2.7 steals, and the Clippers went 3-0 and uh, last week. The crazy part about this, um, 
been, you know, he had a steady week. Uh, 24, 14, and 3 against the Pacers. That was a loss. Um, 20, 11, and 6, a steal and a block against the Nets. Um, 20, 11, 7, and a steal against the Bulls. And 21, 8, 7, and 2 steals against the Knicks. He's just been filling the stat sheet, and he's been a beast on the defensive end. So he's been dominating games for the past week or so. And when he was named, um, player of the week, he came out and, you know, gave the Nets another 31, 12, 12, five steals and two blocks. Like, he's been dominant and beats absent because, you know, you know, of course, there's a lot of criticism all the time, but, you know, he's trying to show that aggressive Ben that we all know and love, but we want him to be around even when it beats there. We definitely want him to be around in the, in the second half, especially the fourth quarter of games. In this past week, you know he's been he's been doing that where he usually shies away because I think it's in his head that you know he doesn't really want to get to the free throw line, so he kind of shies away from a lot of the action in the fourth quarters. Have you seen any improvements from Mr. Simmons? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I have, I have. I think, um, I think defensively, um, I'm very very impressed with what he brings to the table. He's deceptively athletic because the initial comparisons to LeBron, um, he, he's just not in that category of athlete. So I kind of went the other direction. I'm like, nah, he's not really an athlete. But when you put him alone in a vacuum and you just watch him play, he, the, kid, the kid is athletic, man. The kid is athletic and allow him the, the room to to develop in his own lane without comparing him to the other, you know, the other guy, the 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 the, the best player still in who the they, league. Who they will play on Saturday, and and then Ron will probably take it out on him. But um, no, I like I like where Ben's developing. I want him to to get a breath of night, right? So I'm not one of these people that believes that. He has to live and die by the three as everyone else is in the NBA. If It's fine if he doesn't want to do that. Take a shot that the analytics nerds have devalued to the point of oblivion. And go ahead and develop you an 18-footer, a 17-footer, and get on that free throw line and get that up into the mid to high 70s. And I think you'll see a quintessential player. But if he doesn't do that, then I just think he's very, very good. And it'll always be very, very good. All right. So but I've seen improvement. I've definitely seen improvement. Uh, shout out to him. And you know, Josh Richardson won player of the week last week. Um Yo, he's so, a surprise. But we'll talk about yeah. him later. Sixes frustrate me, especially their road woes, but you know, two straight player of the week. So they aren't doing terribly without uh Joel, but you know. They've still been dropping some, especially on the road. All right, so, you know, last night was the long-awaited debut of Zion Williamson. Um, and the kid did not disappoint. Uh, seemed like for a minute he was going to disappoint. Like, he had two points through one half. Um, he was only playing in four-minute stint, so he couldn't really get much of a rhythm. And then for a three-minute and 29-second spurt in the fourth quarter, this dude exploded for 17 straight points, including four three-pointers. 
Um, we've known, you know, shooting is a point of contention with his game, even though his game hasn't been seen on an NBA level yet. Um, they were leaving him open for him, and he was actually making them pay. Um, so I don't know how good his three-point shot will actually be, but we do know now that he can hit a wide-open one if he's just going back up to the foul line and let him shoot it. Uh, what do yeah. you think of 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 his uh, his performance? The, the, the most awaited debut since LeBron James in 2007. He 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 showed me a lot. He showed me a lot. I'm not ready to crown crown their ass, um, but he showed me a lot of moxie in doing in doing what he's supposed to do, which is as a professional basketball player who gets paid to shoot, dribble, pass, slide your feet, and defend. When given the opportunity, i.e., someone backs up off of you, you make him pay. And I respect him for putting the work in on his jump shot to be able to deliver that in the time when they when they needed it. Um, I'm 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 not going to jump out the window on. I don't know what this season will hold. This abbreviated season, I don't know what it'll hold for him. Um, but it was just it was great to see him on the court. It was great to see him come uh, come through. And um, man, I'm 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 happy for the kid. Uh, I hope he doesn't fall in love with the trade ball. I don't think at this point in his career he will. And what it does is it sets up if he can consistently hit the open long ball. If you try and close out on a 300 pound man that can that has his type of bounce and quickness, yo, you're gonna die, yo, coming out there because as he comes by you, he gonna bounce off of him and that's gonna hurt and he gonna get in the lane and he gonna embarrass a lot of people man so I think adding that J that dimension only opens up the lane more for him so that's the that's thing though cool. like when you're when you are injured and and you know you can't move like you're used to moving that's mm-hmm. usually when people develop their jump shots like I'm surprised Ben didn't come farther in his rookie year when he didn't play at all, like that could have been the time, you know, even if your foot is still hurt, you can go out on a walking boot and shoot some, some shoot some days just to get better. So, so to um, that extent, how impressed are you with Zion that at this stage and age in his game development that he goes and does that? Well, I, well, I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't be all of the, the sports shows that were on the day. Cause you know, today was one giant Zion blunt. It was one game. It was one game. He was shooting wide open threes. I can't make that distinction yet. He can go out next week. He can go out next game and be over six and be James Harden. Right. So I I I I can't make that distinction just yet. But you know, it was definitely one big Blumpkin fest. He he definitely for for a game for a debut. He lived up to that hype. Now, can he continue to do it? Um. And, you know, I'm excited to see it. I'm glad he's back because they forced all of these Pelican games down everybody's throat, these national TV games, because they expected Zion. And we've been watching, you know, the Pelicans stink it up on national television since the season started. So, you know, at least now, whether they win or lose, we'll get that anticipation, that excitement that we've been waiting for. Um, since the beginning of the season. So shout out to Zion. Let's go to the phone line. We got the homie. Tobias waiting on the line. Tobias, what's going on, man? Roll damn tight. Roll, Roll down tight. America's team. Uh, land opportunity. 
What's going on? Hey, first things first, Jimmy with those quote air quotations, flu like symptoms. Michael Jordan said the same thing also, flu like symptoms. You know, we know what you were doing last night, Jimmy. But, um, <laughs> but you guys will talk first thing before I get on Zion. I had to troll those people on Twitter because I'm all about Derrick Rose's All-Star game. They were talking about, well, Malcolm Brogdon and Dinwiddie. I'm like, nobody Malcolm wants Brogdon. to see Malcolm Brogdon and Dinwiddie. Yo, yo, <laughs> I don't care if Malcolm and Dinwiddie are averaging 25. Yo, I'm not trying to pay to see them, dude. God bless yeah, them. Hey, I don't care about it. That's, like when they, that's like when they let uh, Gerald Wallace in the All-Star game. Gerald was like, yo, why am I here, man? Why y'all got me? I, I don't know what to do with All-Star the game. Instagram. Know who they who those guys are, but uh, you know they be like, hey, I played the NBA, like quit lying. But uh, the thing is about Zion, right? One, I I know he's on a minutes restriction, but I'm like, damn it, do y'all want to win the game? <laughs> you know, Brandon Ingram was not cooking last night. He was cold. The thing is, he gave the them thing a spark. Was, though, going into the game, they claimed that he wasn't, but they were playing yeah. these little four minute stints. And then, like you said, when he's cooking, it's not like he was cooking in garbage time. He helped bring them back, and then he goes out of the game. Alvin Gentry oh. and his press and his presser kind of threw the threw management under the bus. He reminded y'all, like, look, I'm a good coach. He was like, I, you know, if if I take him out in a situation like that, it's because somebody told me to. So <laughs> he's, you know, he's like, yo, here, here's the thing. Also, I want just play, and y'all had to fire me. Because there was a bunch of teams bunched up for that A spot, a bunch of them, and uh, and that game could possibly knock you out. Cause Phoenix playing better, Memphis, uh, San Antonio's hanging around. You got all those teams you're competing against, and every game counts. Uh, it was about you know if you worried about low management, I'm like, hey, he got to get out there sometime and play. It's four minutes, and in the NBA, there will be like three or four timeouts in that last four minutes with, with clock stoppages. If he's gonna get hurt, he's gonna get hurt. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and, uh, and all you guys like with Zion also. I kind of tie Ben Simmons in this as well. They so these people are so obsessed with the three point shot. All you need, cause both of those guys are so gifted with their size and athleticism. Mm-hmm. All you need is like eighteen footer. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. That that's exactly the game now. Like they. I mean, analytics nerds will tell you like an eighteen footer is probably the most inefficient waste. But does it go in? in sport. Right. I mean, hey. anything that's you know eighteen, twenty, and back, they're like, hey, you might as well step back a couple feet and <laughs> and shoot a three pointer. That's that's what but they're teaching. But here's the thing, because I was watching like those interviews of those those good centers. We're talking about the death of the big man, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the analytics crew make it look like there was a bunch of Greg Ostertags and Eric Montross was playing center. That's why they make it look like. And mm-hmm. uh, and ironically, a good post player actually opens up the three-point shot because he commands a double team. Even besides Shaq, right, besides Shaq, most of the great centers that we grew up watching could hit a 15 and 17, 18-foot jumper. You know, Ewing and Elijah Warren Robinson, Alonzo Morning also, you you got to get out on them. You can't leave them over 18 feet. And if you throw the ball to them, they command a double team, you open up a shot. It's kind of ironic that you got guards posted up that's good. 
But the big guy who has a God-given advantage in the skills can't post up. Analytics help me out with that one. Uh, <laughs> you know. No, I agree. I agree with you, a million percent, uh, Tobias. I think it's the way it's where the game has gone. Hopefully, it will regress back to the mean, and it and it will get itself together. Because I'm tired of seeing everybody stop at 24 feet. I'm tired of it. I think it's I think it's, it's silly. It be also here's the crazy part. Barkley brought up a good point, and I, we've been saying this for years, right? That's how you know people still on stuff, right? Golden State, some of the that's some of the greatest shooters ever, right? We all know that. They don't even take the most threes. They have well-rounded games. Yeah. All people want to focus on Steph Curry's jacking up threes and Clay Thompson. Clay Post. They get in. There, they get lane a lot more than people think. And if you watch little little Steph. He gets in the lane a lot more. You know, people are fixated on that on that play, and 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 quiet is quiet is kept. Clay is their number one post option. Clay is the guy they send to the block. His post moves are a little manufactured and weak, but he gets them off like he's their post up option. Yeah, yeah. Hey, also, if both of them shoot mid range jumpers, KD lives on the mid range because oh, yeah. you gotta get a shot cut to me. I believe that's something analytics say, hey, you're better at this and better at that. Problem is that, to me, it makes the game somewhat boring because there's no style difference. It's like, in a way, because right, there's right, most of these three. That's yeah. a, The worst thing that, that happens in the NBA game now is when both teams go through a slump at the same time. So you just see both teams rebound, come down, launch a three, Chuck. brick, rebound, go the other way, launch a three, brick, Chuck. rebound. And it's like five, six, seven – uh, possessions in a row, and you're sitting there like, why am I wasting my time watching this? Like, this is you know it's there. <laughs> Look at the NFL, for example, right now. I'm touching this in a second. There's stylistic differences in these games, right? You had he- Kansas City with the high flying attack against Central Chiefs. Then you got the uh, 49ers with they scheme, they run games against the against the guy Aaron Rodgers. Get excuse for all the time. That's a whole different show. Uh, but every time he loses, it's always somebody's fault. But uh, there's always stylistic differences. And, uh, and that kind of makes it cool something to talk about. It's like, hey, if they get this run game or they can rush this pass. With the NBA, it's like, hey, who makes the most threes? It's like, right. there's so much that's more to this. Because I see these kids now, they would turn down layups to jack up 30 footers. But guess oh. who takes the layup in the mid range? Steph Curry. I see somebody beat the man, they're wide open for a layup, and they kick it out for a three. Or I see people run, you know, past the basket, they run under the basket and run out to the three point line themselves. Like, it, it's gotten ridiculous. I mean, they, they really have people thinking, like, it's the more efficient shot, so it's worth more points. So that's the shot people are going to take. I can, I can um, tell you. I can tell you right now, as an old man trying to continue their playground career, I actually love it because there's a ton of young athletes that can't really shoot, but it'll chuck them up. And so while they're letting them fly and missing, then I'm just collecting old man buckets, old man buckets, old man buckets. Game. The thing is, though, like, those people get criticized, but people not realizing this is what you're asking a guy like Ben Simmons to do. If he doesn't feel he comfortable be doing, he with a three-point shot, 
Why are you trying to force him to do it? Because then right. when he's out there bricking and chucking and bricking, now you then you're going to be making fun of him, calling him names and all that kind of stuff. So you can't. You know, I mean, I like that he does him and he stays in his lane. Sometimes it can get frustrating when he picks up his dribble and nobody's around him and, you know, he could have just at least attempted, not even a three, just attempted a shot from the outside just to let him know, try to keep him honest. But at the same time, I'm not mad at a dude who wants that stays in his lane because I know I complain about people who just run around chucking and can't shoot a lick, so. Yes, because you know what? People are talking about I don't want to play center. Clint Capella got over a couple of hundred million dollar deals. He can't, he's useless. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the part that kills me. These guys are useless. Like, JaVale McGee got a job still. The guy, the guy with a fro from Brooklyn, uh, I don't know his name, but he's still getting money. It's like people don't want to play center. You hang around if you just collect rebounds and kick it out to Harden. But, Clint One Capella thing has is, though, no discernible skills, and he yeah, can put up numbers so, once in a while just because he's five. a rim runner. He, he gets no buckets unless it's off of an alley-oop, you know, a wide-open, you know, live pick-and-roll type thing or a putback. Like, you yeah. cannot give yeah. the ball to Clint and say, Clint, go get a bucket. Not possible. Real, real quick, Scabby has a question in, in the chat room. He said, not wishing anything bad on the brother, but what if John Morant gets injured? Is Zion capable of winning rookie of the year? Well, hey. Tobias, didn't you tell me that on one of the shows they said that Zion already didn't pass him after one game? Out of hell. And it's you know what? I don't say this by talking about the NFL. It's playing like he's a Yo. vet out here. Yo, That's he is something my, my opinion, to answer Scabby's question, I don't think it should be the case because the fact is, if that was if that were the case, then Joel Embiid should have won Rookie of the Year, you know, over you know Malcolm Brogdon. You know what, guys? I think you know I what? think uh, Sarich had a better season than Malcolm Brogdon that year. But if Joel can't win it in 31 games, then I don't see how uh, Zion can win it in 31 games. And, and you know I mean, what, guys? The thing is, games. like, because that's the one thing about college helping you become a star. Was that Zion wasn't even the number one guy coming in. R.J. Barrett was. Zion became a superstar. People thought, well, John Morant's not a superstar. Well, no name because he played at Murray State. Find me a Murray State game on TV. You know, but uh, talk about the NAA get going, but the NFL, right? I think it's going to be a damn good Super Bowl. And I think the 49ers have a shot. Because they have a defensive line who is fast and can put pressure on Mahomes with four. Uh, the Titans didn't have a pass rush. But the key is also, <laughs> Jimmy G will have to throw the ball more than eight times. And, uh, and, no, but it's, yeah, it's because, right, because it's, not it's just crazy with how running, with just running the ball. No, you know. And like the Packers, right, all I hear is all these excuses for Aaron Rodgers. It was Mike McCarthy. He didn't have a defense. He didn't have a running game. Well, Mike McCarthy's gone. They got a running game. Uh, I think Aaron Jones is a pro bowler. They, they had a good defense. We're going to look at Aaron Rodgers. But you're going to tell me that that game was Aaron Rodgers' fault? Well, they were down big. Oh, oh, part of it because when he starts scoring, garbage time like that. It's, you know, uh, it, but, but my problem is that People bow down at the altar of him 
The dude won a Super Bowl when Bush was in office, I think. Are we going to still hang on to that? I yeah, I mean, I don't care about him at that, but I'm still going to be fair yeah. to the dude. Like, I mean, but, he don't but, play but what defense. I'm is that, you are not there getting smacked. Well, what about the offense? He, he got to give me something in the first half for garbage time. And, um, okay, and so what I'm saying is that – Go ahead. Uh, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nah, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm not absolving him from anything. He's a part of the offense who had a time getting started. But, you know, I'm not going to blame. Like, they're out there getting smacked. Like, they got to stop somebody, too. I mean, their uh, offense is playing slow, then their defense is going to step up and slow down the offense of the other team as well. So, so, so if so, you're if you you're know, basing if you're basing the Aaron Rodgers production on opportunity, their job. if if them dudes is running the rock like that, they're they're cutting down on the opportunities that Aaron Rodgers has to really produce. They they control the clock. Right, they only the, right. The dude threw the ball eight times the whole damn game. <laughs> like, yeah, so you can't get get on coach. This is the part where I do get on coaching right here. San Francisco does a lot of outside zone running. You're supposed to set the edge. They never set the edge. And remember, mm-hmm. and the one thing I do get on their coach about, because I always said Mike McCarthy got a bad rap out there. Yeah. And, uh, but the coach they hired, he was awful in Tennessee as offensive coordinator. He was going to get fired from there as offensive coordinator. He partially, partially ruined Mariota. He's that like, terrible. Is, but he's showing his face homeboy, but Eric B. Enemy, and, and, you know, can't get a job, can't get a call. But what I'm saying is that, hey, sometimes, you know, your win-loss records matter. Because this team wasn't that good all year, in my opinion. They just benefit, but they got left in the schedule. Like, that's why I'm, and, and, that's why I'm but, kind of wondering where your expectations that, are coming from. But, 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 what, but what I'm saying is that it's always somebody else's fault with him. I think he's a great player. And I, you know, I think he's a, I always thought he was an all-time great talent, but so, but it's like, dude, I know you had the opportunities, but that game right there, I ain't gonna lie to you, the coach screwed him. But like every other time they lose, it's somebody else's fault. All the time, I know, but, but to be, like I said, to be fair, and I know it sounds like it comes across like I'm defending the dude like everybody else, but to be fair, a lot of quarterbacks out there give you a million reasons why you can say, oh man, this is their fault. He don't be over there. He don't be out there turning the ball over crazy and all that kind of stuff. Even though he is the throwaway king, like he not. Yeah. I, was, I was about to say that. I was about to say like, that. Okay, um, but, but at some point, like it's throwing it away. Not when when Brett Favre wouldn't throw it away, and he was the gunslinger, and he was thinking he could make every throw. We criticized him. So now we're criticizing you know, people for being smart and throwing the ball away instead of putting the ball in harm's way. So it's like these yeah. guys can't win with the general public because we don't like anything. Everything we criticize. Oh, by the way, before, before, the way, before I go, smart, oh, man, before he, I go. He, he trying to pad his interception numbers. Like, they they hey, can't wait with us. Before I go, I hope B. Austin's <laughs> laughing at this one. Hey, you, you know how my Tampa Bay Buccaneers is like a dumb franchise, right? Even though they did move on with Jameis, it's like whatever, wow. no, whatever, do what you do. Now they talking about, I don't know how much, I know you guys are watching a whole lot of college football. Mm-hmm. The rumor is now they will let him go. Besides Philip Rivers, Brady's some guy. Yes. Oh, it gets better. I'm not mad, other than the fact that Philip is 107 years old, and it's like I would would rather I would rather develop Jameis 
and then bring in Philip Rivers. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, that that's that. But, but see, but see, the problem is fans, right? Like even my homeboy Raiders fan, he ain't Derek Carr. He's the same boat I am. Who the hell are you gonna get? But the problem is, like they say, Philip. They talking about drafting this guy out of Washington, Jacob Eason. Oh, he's a, he has a big arm, but he's a statue, and he didn't master the playbook the two years he was there. He was a, he had a red shirt the year he transferred. So how the hell yeah, I'm gonna like, draft you to leave my franchise? You can't even master the playbook. You weren't even playing. That's all yeah, you should have been a, doing. Get rid of Jameis and his thirty picks, and bringing Philip with his twenty picks. <laughs> yeah, and I'm definitely clowning because Philip Rivers has been a, a very good quarterback great, throughout his career. He's been good. His time he's not the old Philip okay. Rivers. He had a good career. You know, yeah, he, he, yeah, that's he really. Had, not he had a good career. Good. It's it's over. He's 38, and people are like, oh well, James these weapons. I'm like, have y'all watched any Chargers games? You know, you know, you know, what, it, you know what it is. You know what it is. I wouldn't even say it's over. But as a GM and a president of, of, of football operations, you have to know what you have. The older a QB gets, the more emphasis you have to you have to place on getting him a defense, keeping him and standing right with protection from the line, and a running and a running game. If you if you got a 38 year old out there and you're depending on his arm, you're not protecting protecting him. And you're not defending well for the times when his when his rotator cuff isn't in good order. You're setting him up to fail because he's not going to show up the way he did when he was 28. I don't think Philip Rivers can't play anymore. I just think you got to put him in a situation. And if you're not willing to put him in a situation where and I'm not I don't I'm not familiar with Tampa Bay other than the clown show that they run. Why would you get rid of Jameis and bring Philip in? And Philip is half the athlete that Jameis is, not that Jameis is an athlete. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And, and see, and I say that, I know you guys got to run. Uh, but yeah, the thing yeah, is, yeah. sometimes, like, you got one, because you got these, because they always say the first year on the Aryan system is a tough system. We blow our picks and the receivers and the routes and stuff. So I'm like, mm-hmm. give him one more year. Because then you may open yourself up for what else is out there next year, like the Trevor Lawrence, the Fields, things like that. I, I'm not a type, I'm, I'm a type of guys like, if you get rid of somebody, fine. Who Yo, you gonna get? On the, on the low, on the low, Dev, you hear Tobias riding for Jameis right now. He he riding. For oh yeah, always do. You know why? I, be like, like, I want him to do well because he loves because I want him. I want him because I want him to do well because it is it, quarterback. Oh, we all want him to do well. Yeah, because quarterback hell's not fun, man. Like I don't want to be a quarterback. He's been with us for over for over half a decade. Jameis Winston was my guy. I wanted him, but I saw what he—he's too much gunslinger, or he needs LASIK eye surgery. One of the two, because my man throws to the other team. I can't do it. I can't. He throws those Brett Favre interceptions, yo. Those I'll take it easy, man. All, All right, right we wrap you next week, man. All right, peace. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he throwed a rock. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, Jameis, he he <laughs> he still be out there doing his his stuff. This will. All right, so uh, real quick before we move to the quote and the stat, um, did you see the NFL's plans for the draft in Vegas? It's Vegas, so you got to do it big. And shout out to Scott Buchanan. He's out there in Vegas. They out there drawing. 
Um, they doing what they doing? So they're gonna be at the fountains in the Bellagio, right? Now we found out this was gonna they're gonna have a stage out in the water near the fountains, and they're going to take the players out there by boat. But what I did find out this is not this is not gonna be the main stage. This is gonna be like that little stage they do for the intro when they all stand there and take the photo and all that kind of stuff. So they're gonna boat people out. First of all, I didn't even know the fountains at the Bellagio were that deep. I love watching the, the joints at the Bellagio and I've never sat there thinking that the water was any deeper than maybe my kneecaps. But they talking about boating dudes out to the stage. I'm like, I hope this doesn't go bad, man. I hope the stage don't break. There's gonna be a lot of wet draftees that night. Um, but they're gonna do it big because it's in, in Vegas. There's gonna be a lot of pomp and circumstance. The main stage is gonna be built down next to the um next to the next to Caesar's Palace. So um it's gonna be it's gonna be a site. It's gonna be a site to withhold. Um, and they have plans and drawings and all that kind of stuff on the internet right now. So just 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 Google that, and you'll see what the stage is going to look like. Um, it's it's the stage for the red carpet event that's going to be in the fountains of the Bellagio. So just Google that and see what they're going to be doing. But they're going to have a lot of stuff up and down the strip for the NFL draft. Um, I'm just I'm thinking they're going to have as much they're going to have so much fun that they might think about, you know, starting to go back out there year after year. Like, why didn't we do this before? It's either going to be that much fun or it's going to be too crowded and too much, you know, too much traffic just because it is Vegas. So it's going to be either or. And I don't think it's going to be anything in the middle. But like I said, the main stage is going to be next to Caesar's form. form. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be something special. The 2020 NFL draft. All right, so the quote of the week, man, we got some beef between cornerbacks, one retired, um, one not. And we've had beef between these guys before. Back when Darrell Revis was in the league, he and Sherman got into a war of words before. But our quote of the week was from a tweet from Darrell Revis while they were playing, while the 49ers were playing in the NFC Championship game last week. He posted the photo of uh, it was an image of Sherman matched up against Devontae Adams and he said fear of getting beat in man-to-man coverage that was the main part of the quote but he went on to say every snap every play the fact that he doesn't travel as a cornerback is lame he said accept the challenge as the best shutdown you know he said accept the challenge as the best and shut down Adams the entire game. Do it for the game of football. Stop hiding in a cover three zone. Let me read the rest because you know it's turned into a war word. So Sherman, um, but not even the game's still going on. So some people were basically saying, "Oh, Darrell Revis, you hating and all of that." He goes on to say, "All y'all think I'm throwing shade? I'm not. Just stating the man is not a pound for pound man to man corner. If you know the game of football, he plays in a cover three scheme. He does not travel." But traveling with the receiver is not for every DB. It's a few on the corner list who can. Y'all take stuff way too serious here. So after all the celebrations and stuff, um, Sherman caught wind of it after the game, and he gets on, and now it's on. He goes and says, quote, 
<laughs> he said, I would go in on this has been, but I have a Super Bowl to prepare for. Enjoy the view from the couch. Your ninth year looked a lot different than this LMAO. Mm. <laughs> and then he mm. then he then and then he went at him about his spelling because when he said accept the challenge, he put E E P T. So he said and accept A C C E P T. Thought I would give you a lesson while I was here. So then Revis, now he's on the defensive. He tweeted back. My ninth year, I led the entire league in turnovers, five interceptions, and four fumble recoveries. Enjoy the Super Bowl and strap up because this game you will have to cover. <laughs> so Sherman fired back again. He said, I have to cover every game, kid. I get my hands on the football in the playoffs, something you will never know anything about. So uh, then Revis came back. He said, correction, pup. <laughs> think you have to go check the stats. You're balling in the postseason, not taking anything from your play. As a corner, we play the best on best to challenge the number one receiver. Every snap, four quarters, waiting for you to do the same. So then Sherman, he just kind of diffused it and said, pound for pound, LMAO, this kid has selective memory. So B, as a, as a connoisseur of fine cornerback play, as a former defensive back yourself, what are your thoughts on this back and forth? Does Revis have a point? Does Sherman have a counterpoint? Is Revis hating? Is Sherman just being defensive because he's not Revis? Like, what's going on in this exchange? Um, <laughs> Revis was hating. Uh, <laughs> Revis was hating a little bit. Yeah, I just think the timing is off because it's like it's not like anybody asked you. Yeah, you just went on like you just went in, and 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 I'm gonna tell you why he's hating because Revis. I don't believe Revis's career ended the way that he wanted it to end, and the default what you can go to is the man to man versus zone thing that guys. That, that the average fan has heard a lot about, and guys like myself will give credence to that argument because <sighs> there is something to be said for a zero guy, a cover zero guy, which Darrell Revis was. It, 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 there, there's only a few of them walking the earth at any given time. And now I've seen Sherman play zero, and he's not, he's not bad. But at their in their primes, which you know, there's an argument that Sherman may still be in his prime even after the the injury. Um, in his prime, Darrell Revis is a better athlete in his prime than Richard Sherman is. That's the bottom line. Darrell Revis is a better. Darrell Revis was a four three guy, forty coming out. Darrell Revis threw two twenty five up in the underwear Olympics a lot more than the cornerback should. Richard Sherman has made his bones in the NFL by being hard-nosed, by being gritty, and be, by, by being smarter than everybody else on the field. He's highly intelligent. He sees things, and he plays in a scheme where his anticipatory skills are uncanny, and it, and it shows. But locked up 1v1 with an elite receiver is not Richard Sherman's strength. Whereas that was what Darrell Revis 
Yeah, but a lot yeah. of people come to his defense like, well, it's the scheme. It's the scheme. Yeah. But do, yeah. You, but do you pick Richard Sherman up because you're going to play that scheme? You know what I'm saying? Do the 49ers get him because you're going to play that scheme? Do they yeah. go out and get him if they need, you know, if they're um, going to play yeah, more yeah. man-to-man and stuff so, like that? So, do they so still you, go out and get Richard Sherman? You just made, You just boiled this down. And, and lightweight stole a thunder because you boiled it down to the bottom line. If you go in their prime, if you go and get Darrell Revis, it doesn't matter what scheme you run. Right. If you get Richard Sherman, you have to you have to fit him in a scheme that's going to make him successful. If you recall when the legend Herb Adderley was on a, on, on 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 our show, he said if if you safeties that can play corner, play corner. If you can't, if you were a safety full time, it was because you couldn't, you couldn't survive on the corner. And that's pretty much the same for a zero guy versus a zone corner. If you're a zone corner who is, who has made his name as a cover zero guy, then you're not a zone corner. You're a cover zero guy. And we actually, to, to Revis's defense, even though he's being a stone cold hater on this, there were times <laughs> when Revis played in zone and he was just as good as Sherman in playing in a cover two. He played in a zone and and showed that he had the intelligence and awareness to play there. But again, as you said, reverse the roles, and Richard Sherman would be, I believe, would be more average than than stellar. In a in a scheme that called for him to travel and play man, but he's so great. We, at what so, he does. He so what great. we can deduce from this, because we don't spend too much time on this, what we can deduce from this is that Darrell Revis was hate. is not wrong, but Darrell Revis and his timing, he's just on some hater stuff right now. <laughs> like because there's no reason for you to talk about this right now. Yeah, he's hate this man and his team and his defense especially out here balling. About to go to the Super Bowl, and you out here telling everybody what he can't do and yeah. what he doesn't do. Yeah, yeah. got it. I agree. <laughs> Darrell, okay. you my man, fifty grand. Yeah, I think you are the other corner, but you, yeah, you hate, <laughs> you hating a little bit, homie. All right, you so um, and we have uh, a stat of the week. Um, and shout out to the homie Rob from Cali. He's waiting on the line. We'll get to him in a few minutes, but he actually sent this to us. Uh, so this will be the first Super Bowl in seven years that neither LeGarrette Blunt nor C.J. Anderson are participating in. <laughs> Think about it. Think back. Uh, <laughs> he was six years ago. He was in Super Bowl, uh, what is that, 47? With the Denver Broncos. That was C.J. Anderson. Uh, Super Bowl 48, Garrett Blunt was in that one with the Patriots. Um, I'm sorry, that was 49. So 48 and 49. Super Bowl 50, C.J. Anderson was in that again with the Broncos. Super Bowl 51, Garrett Blunt was in that one again with the Patriots. Super Bowl 52, Garrett Blunt was in that one playing against the Patriots with the Eagles. And last season in Super Bowl 53, uh, C.J. Anderson was once again in the Super Bowl with the Rams on the losing side came, of things. So, came off the um, 
he came off the so, couch. So out of three tries, C.J. Anderson uh, in the last six years, he got one one ring out of uh, three appearances. And then out of three for LeGarrett Blunt, he got uh, two rings, I believe. Yeah, they didn't win all of them, did they? I don't know. Maybe they did. They might have. Oh, no, because one was against yeah, one was against Seattle. They did end up winning that one. So you got three. So rings. did LeGarrette Blunt have three rings? Because it was Seattle, yeah. then it was Atlanta, and then it was Philly, but then he was on Philly when he played. You know, yeah. Yo, Bull got three LeGarrette, rings. LeGarrette Blunt, yeah, he got three rings. Uh, CJ hasn't been so lucky. Um, yeah. But let's go to Rob real quick so we can uh, move on to everything else. We got Rob from <laughs> Cali. What up, Rob? And thanks for the for the stat of the week there, brother. Rob. All right, it's your boy Rob, a.k.a. Shaba Ranksay, Mr. Lover Man. How you doing, man? Shaba, what up, what's we good, bro. Good. I'm sorry, man. That's my jam. Shout out to all, all the West Indies ladies out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yo, except for Rihanna. That's another story. But anyways, man. Yo, um, uh, how y'all doing, man? You turned oh. down your advances. Uh, bro, bro, bro. I'm pretty sure I ain't the only one. <laughs> all the times five, times twenty. But anyways, man, I'm good. You know. All right. You don't all right. What you want? From the back oh. with my face. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Go ahead, bro. All right. Uh, first thing, two things I want to just skip past. I don't even want to talk about the Lakers. Two, two things I want to say. Give give the Dodgers the championship, you know what I'm saying? The, the, um, the Red Sox and the Astros cheated. I'm just, I'm just, you know, a lot of baseball fans are just like, you know, they, they call me pop, you know what I'm saying? tipped up, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, they steaming. Like, what the heck? Really? But, you know, that, that's all I got to say to that. Uh, also, I think I think a lot of um, people are overhyping Zion. To me, Zion's probably just going to be uh, dark skin Blake Griffin. That's it. That, that's all he's going to be. Great Blake Griffin ain't no bum? You said that like that's an insult, though. That's yeah, not an insult. Nah, nah, and nah. overhyping is what society does these days. But Blake Griffin? Like, you said that as if it was an insult. Now, the only thing, the only reason Blake Griffin isn't the superstar that he was in his first five years in the league is because of injuries. Because now we know, no matter how good Blake Griffin is, he's always going to be injured. So if you're thinking he's going to be as good as Blake and he's going to be injured as much as Blake, then I hear what you're saying. But other than that, being Blake Griffin is not an insult. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I wouldn't say insult. I mean, he's the people are saying he's going to be the next LeBron. And stuff like that. I've been hearing. Twenty-two, nine, and almost five for his whole career. Like that's not. I mean, you know, that's cool. Yo, Rob, Rob, Rob. I, I you saying he's gonna be on the level of LeBron. Two more know. seasons of that, of that production, and Blake Griffin is a Hall of Famer. He's a oh, Hall wow. of Famer. Blake's, Blake's we'll, not see. A- we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he can stay consistent more than Joel Embiid. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Where'd that come from? Yeah, that's like, where'd that come from? No, that, that that? Um, because I don't want to talk about the Lakers, but here's why I'm pissed. I'm pissed when people were talking about they had to either trade Ben Simmons because you know Drum B and then can't play like on the same court. And, and I heard Jan Rose talking about that, and I get pissed off because that that makes no sense. So they that means they've been tanking for the last 
how many years? Seven years, probably six years, seven years over nothing. They didn't tank for seven years. They they didn't tank for seven years. <laughs> this is where uh, in Game Seven of the uh, the East Semis, a uh, game away from the Western Conference Finals in 2013. Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, Give the Sixers the ability to be competitive in the East consistently, consistently competitive. But now, if you want to take the next step to be able to compete in the Eastern Conference Finals and potentially make it to the finals and perhaps, hopefully, God willing, even win it, I do think there's an issue with what Joel Embiid does, which is when he's not chucking up threes, he's on the block dominating as the best big in the league. And then you have Ben Simmons who refuses to shoot a jumper. So he's got to go to the basket and they're both in the same area, bringing the defense. Both of them are worthy of, of, of a double team or at least help defense. So if Joel Embiid is on the block and Ben Simmons is coming down there, that's at least three defenders coming to that area and a possible four because of who they are and what they do. So there's the argument is, can you win with guys that operate in the same space score from the same area on the court and clog, and clog the lane up? So I think it's a legit concern. I think it's a legit concern. It's a concern, me, but it's a concern for the punishment. I've never heard or seen any frustration out of Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid wants to put his big ass on the perimeter. That's what he wants to be. He don't yeah, care he if Joe – he don't care if Ben is down there taking up block space. He want, you know, he, he's going to sit there and let people talk and let people say that and let people believe that that's the reason. But he wants to be out there where he – Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, that is true because on the low, if there was a coach that came in and set Joel Embiid down and said, Joel, we need you to take seven, seven threes a game, Joel would be so happy. Joel, right. we're going to move to the four. Because it's no longer a secret. He yeah. Can't blame him. He, he, he feels deep in his heart, he feels like, you know what? I know what I can do on the block. I know where I should be. So I'm going to act like, I'm going to act like that's, you know, I just chuck these threes up every now and again. Dude wants to be a three-point shooter. He wants to chuck. So if you told, if you told him, don't post up more than three times, four times a game, we need you on the perimeter. He'd be so happy with it. He'd be cool. He'd relieved. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, and I don't see no perimeter. I, I mean, just seeing the Sixers is is kind of discouraging because they're supposed to be a top one of the top teams in the East. I, I, it, it, it just, it, it just shows you how really important last season was of, of Jimmy Butler being there was about how this is like a I mean, win they're now. Still one of the top teams in the East, though. They're still one no, of the top no, teams they, in no, the East. They're they're not, no, they're not. If you know what you're talking about, everybody from two to six are separated by less than two games. They're separated by two games. So a team could lose two straight and drop from two to six. So calm down. They're still one of the top teams in the East. All right. Like you're saying, like 
Don't say don't like the East is still not this juggernaut that people are trying to make it out to be. Two to six, they, two games. They right? not okay, 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 okay. I I agree. They're not the the East is the the, the, the East is trash. It's always been trash, but still, I don't think. I didn't say all I, that I, either. I, I, I just I just I, I just don't, it's a fact. You don't have to. It's just a fact. I I I don't I don't see them making it to the finals. Now if they do. Hey, I'm okay. I mean, and, I know none of us even. That's a whole different thing than what you were just saying. You were saying if, they weren't if, one if, of the top teams in the East. They've been floating from three to six consistently in the last few weeks. They're ass on the road. That's not a secret. Um, they're like something like eighteen and two at home. So when they leave the confines of the Wells Fargo Center, you don't really know what you're gonna get. But I think they held it down without Joel Embiid better than anybody expected him to so far. I don't know if that's going to last because, you know, it's a tough stretch. Just lost to Toronto. Got the Lakers coming up on Saturday. You know, it's not going to be easy without your best player. But, you know, it, come on, just two games, dude. <laughs> I, feel, I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. Now, 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 now going to my Lakers. Lakers. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very disappointed in Kyle and Kyle Kuzma and his play. I mean, okay, Kyle Kuzma can show, Kyle Kuzma can show up. Man, who cares about haircut? Kyle Kuzma can show up, but Kyle Kuzma shows up when he, it's like, when he wants to show up, it's like, if he's not, if it's like, if he if he stays like a day without yams. He can shoot. He can. He can good. Like he showed up. You know, we lost to the Clippers. What? He showed up. You know what I'm saying? He actually showed up, Bob, and I was very surprised. You saying Kyle Kuzma get too much games? He's getting too much. Yeah. I'm talking about he's not focused. He's not focused. He's. You know, I look at Brandon Ingram. Laker fans are just like literally nah, depressed. I can, I can tell you. I can tell you what's wrong, Rob. And, and I don't think you understand the game of basketball. And here's why. So the problem with Kyle Kuzma is he was in the starting lineup getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 shots a game as the second option behind LeBron last year. And that's a role that he's comfortable in because when you know you're going to get 20 to 25, you don't have to worry about efficiency because at some point in that game, your rhythm is going to hit in or take over, and you're going to be in rhythm because you get you're getting 20 to 25 shots, right? 20 to now, 25. When you look yeah, at, that's cool. When you look at it, well, 20 not, to 25. 15 to 20. So, so now with him coming off the bench or being a third or fourth option, his rhythm is off because he's not going to get the 15 to 20 shots that he's used to getting because he's no longer the second option, clearly. The first option is 1A and 1B is LeBron and, a, and, and, and the Brow. So that, that's what it is. So he's not comfortable in a role where he doesn't get a consistent 15 to 20 shots. Brandon Ingram, on the other hand, is in, now in a role where he's getting that 15 to 20 shots a game, and he doesn't have to worry about and being he's up with less pressure. Less oh, pressure. Right. right. So you know it's different when you play with the Kang. When there's I mean, no pressure and you getting 15 to 20 shots, there's a lot of guys that can do well and thrive in that role. 
the question is, can Kuzma adjust his game? And I think the problem with Kuz is outside of scoring, outside of scoring, what is it that he wants to hang his hat on and do well? Is he going to shave that platinum blonde hair off, go and talk to Stack 5 and Matt Barnes, and get some attitude and attack defensively, knowing that he will always be a scorer, but having to add that other facet to his game. Because right now, he can't. All he, does is score. he can't. He can't. He doesn't have it. He doesn't. He, at least Brandon Ingram tries. He's like 180 pounds. Right. He tries. That, that's what defense is. It's, it's not. It's it's never, at least not it's with guys like that. It's never a can't. Everybody yeah. had defense is a one. You gotta want yeah, to do that. It's not a can. All them athletic dudes, as athletic as Kuz is, he can play yeah, defense if he wanted he to play put if he his mind to playing defense. Like he, yeah, he's it's, worried. It's he's worried about. He's worried about dyeing his hair platinum, and 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 being one of those type of guys. If he had the attitude and the intense and and the desire to say, you know what, LeBron and AD are going to get their shots, and there are going to be games where I can get my 15 or 20 shots, but there's going to be more games where I got to do something else to impact and affect the game, and that hasn't developed for him from a maturity standpoint. So he's probably <laughs> going to get on to a place where he can wear platinum or pink hair and shoot the rock 18 times. Okay. <laughs> he's, moist. Like, what? he's moist. He's moist. He's moist. Yeah, he's moist. Well, well uh, but but uh, uh, okay, this is this is a, the question I really want to ask y'all. Because right, they're talking, they're talking about too. Oh 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 yeah, oh yeah. By the way, I want to take B Austin. You're gonna see how better how better the Eagles play with a new defensive back coach. That that that's the bottom line. Remember that quote. But anyways. <laughs> Remember that? Corny. They ain't got nowhere to go but up. Trad ain't the worst in the league. Ain't got nowhere to go but up. <laughs> but 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 you're still talking about the culture. But 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 here's what I want to ask y'all: Do you think because they're talking about they're talking about trading Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green for either uh, rumors either Derek Rose? I, they say Zach Levine, but I don't, I don't think they are going to get Zach Levine. So come on now. But what do you think? The what do you think about Danny Green and bring in somebody like Derrick Rose? That's stupid to me. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be asinine. Actually, Zach Levine. You got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You need people to spread the yeah, floor. You, you need, need somebody that's going to play some defense. Zach Zach, Zach like Levine. Zach Levine, Zach Levine would fit because for all the jumping that he does, he really is a shooter. So he could space the floor. Derrick Rose, I don't care how much he works on his three ball, and and it has gotten a lot better through the years. He is not a shooter, and he will not space the floor for you. So now you would have three guys whose 50% or more of their buckets come in the lane. That would be stupid. All right, That'd we be yeah, 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 we got yeah, because Yeah, because I don't know why. I think Stephen A. Smith be, be hanging around with, you know, stack five and Matt Barnes too much, but because he was talking about we can get the boy Booker from the Suns. Come on, that's impossible. I, I, I would jump for Joe. I'm not gonna lie. Yo, wow. listening to Stephen A. Smith every day. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Come on, now, get, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you were just my what? 
Oh, what do you say? I said you listen to BS, you get BS. Like, you know, well, you know, I listen to y'all. What do we think I get? If I listen to y'all, yeah, what do yeah, I, 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 I get? I ain't giving you BS. I'm, I know. I ain't that, giving you BS. You ain't hear me You don't hear me giving you all these these trade scenarios that's going. Thank you. Hey. I know seven. Oh, I know seven times. I know seven times in my pinky what Stephen A. says on 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 air. Like, come on, man. He's an oh, idiot. Well, <laughs> He's an idiot. Right. Get paid a lot of money. All right. All I gotta say is I, I hope hope to see y'all later. Uh, God bless y'all. Take care. You know, shout to sure. shout to Fred. I, I don't know what the hell he doing. Shout Respect. to uh, uh, Tobias. Yo, let's do that podcast. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm and in the Super Bowl, I'm rooting for the black quarterback. I'll slap him first, but I'll root for him. You know what I'm saying? Ain't, ain't, no, ain't, ain't no, ain't no black. All right, we gotta let you. All right, Peace. man. <laughs> My homeboy. All right, so uh, all lives matter. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> I'm 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 lost. <laughs> I'm lost. All right. We we did ask that of the week, so uh, let's go to why you're on why y'all were on the grind real quick, and why you're on the grind is brought to you by Sports the Book. You guys are reading the same old lame sports book with the same topics, you know, the list, the rankings, the goat list, the imaginary starting lineups, the Mount Rushmores, and all that subjective information that people pass off as facts. And be sure to pick up a copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture to keep you on the edge of your seat and to keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special or reading a comedy special. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Wherever you get it from, just make sure you do not miss the movement. All right, and while y'all were on the grind this week, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, and we're going to wrap about something. Larry Fitzgerald, speaking of Devin Booker, Larry Fitzgerald has purchased a minority stake in the Phoenix Suns. Nice. Big news or, you know, you know what is it? Not, not, not big news, but, you know, salute salute to him setting up, uh, setting up after, for after the career is over, which should be soon. And, you know, even when he's suffering CTE, he can remember when he purchased an NBA franchise. So. Cool. Yeah, you know, now he and Devin Booker for a year or two can accumulate statistics together. <laughs> <laughs> Meaningless statistics. And be revered. It's like, but no, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald is revered in that area. So, you know, they're going to let anybody, if they were going to let any minority purchase a minority stake, <laughs> it would be him. Um, I just hope he owns more of. The Suns that um, Jay Z owned to the Nets. Uh, shout out to Jigga Man though. Um, yeah, he's, he's the second active NFL player. Second active NFL player with an NBA ownership share. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He purchased a stake of the Milwaukee Bucks in 2018. Um, okay. I'll see not, you, not in, sure How much that is, but more than Jay Z. Um, <laughs> That ain't hard to beat, man. man. Your man, Delonte West, in the news again, man. More videos coming out. And I see exactly where he was, man. He's down there, Indian Head Highway. I saw the streets, the 
little highway sign. So there were two videos. One video, he was in the middle of the street, laying in the street, getting stomped out by some dude. Then they had a video where he was on the curb, handcuffed with no shirts, no shirt on, and the police yep. officer basically asking him questions about what happened, and he goes on this very incoherent rant about being the president. And he the real President Trump and all of that kind of stuff. So since then, you know, a lot of it's been a lot of it's caused a bit of an uh, uproar on social media. But some of his old teammates, Jameer Nelson, um, St. Joe's on their Twitter account and his former coach, you know, they've all come out saying, you know, they're reaching out to Delonte to see if they can help. Um, get him help. The NBA is supposedly stepping in to try to get him some help. Um, Delante in these videos look a little bit. Um, I mean, he looks homeless pretty much. Uh, you look at his hair. You just look at his demeanor. Um, we've all we know we know that he's always had a history of mental health issues, but always bad. Like. Something has to give. And, and, you know, people make it seem easy, like, well, who's reaching out to him? Is his people trying to help? Sometimes, you know, sometimes people don't want to be helped or, you know, it's difficult when you try to reach out to help. So we don't really know his mind state as far as help is concerned. What were your thoughts, man? I know this is somebody that you, <sighs> you knew when he was a young boy, played with him a little bit before he got famous. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, man, this is this is painful um, on a on a couple of levels. Screen team, um, because I know this kid. I saw him grow up. I remember him in high school. Um, Doctor Bayon and I had the uh the privilege and, and pleasure of playing with a number of the uh DC rising stars or current stars in terms of, of uh basketball at a place called Run and Shoot which no longer exists. Shout out to District Heights, shout out to K D, Mike Beasley, Jared Jack, Nolan Smith, uh, a couple of others. And Delonte West was one of the young young guys, young guns used to come in there and uh and cook and kill. I would say that from the time I met Delonte until he was on his, you know, on his way to the league, I've I've shook his hand, I've been on the court with him, I played I've heard Delonte West say two words in my life. And I've had actual whole conversations with him, but I was the only one talking. And all he would do is sit there and shake his head, mm-hmm, not nah, uh uh-huh. I've always seen um I've always known that he battled some things in internally and I don't think there's any shame in that. I think that we all have varying degrees of of um issue that we have to do. I don't even want to say it in terms of of calling it a mental issue, but we all have emotional things, mental things that we deal with and at times, man, life can become so difficult that, that some of us succumb to those things. And in this case, obviously, that's what has happened. 
I feel bad because all along his journey, I don't know what others have done in reaching out to him or talking to him in terms of friends, in terms of family. It's hard to judge because people could have been reaching out to him through the years and, and, and what have you, and he turned it down or turned his back on it. We don't know. And so I don't judge anyone in his path that calls themselves a friend or family member because I don't know what that looks like. All I can say is having known him as long as I have, I pray for him, I wish him the best, and I and I hope that um, he returns to some semblance of of peace and joy in in life because it, I can't, yo, it hurt, man, seeing those videos, man. Yeah. By the way, the the police officer who took that that camera phone video. Um, he's been suspended for that because you, you kind of wonder like how this like if he's being questioned by the police why are we watching this video? Like, yeah, are you telling me the police are out here with their camera phone like they're Yo, like you, you know what they're doing anything that. except for clout chasing or trying to in, make in, light of the in, whole in, thing? Like there's no other reason for you to do that. In 2020, him being who he is and at his age, he's still a star and a celebrity in the D.C. area. Like, even if nowhere else in the world or, oh, I remember that was the line. In that area, everyone knows who that is. You know, who, whether it's from ball or notoriety or what have, whatever, you know that's Delonte West. You know what he is to the area. So, come on, man. That that was a bad, bad, very poor taste. Help that young man. man. I, There's I, only I, one thing that cop might put it in his, his mind, like, one thing he could say, he could, he, and I really wouldn't believe it, but he could say something like, well, you know, I was just trying to spread it just so if anybody out there, his fan, family, friends, anybody saw it, they could see how bad it was and they can help him. He could use that as a cop out now. I'm pretty sure there, you know, if he has a lawyer, he's probably, you know, instructing him to do something like that. But to me, it just seems like you were just exploiting this dude. Um for for what everybody you know, for what everybody craves these days likes, views, attention. But uh, shout out to Delante. I hope he does get the help that he needs, and I hope he's open and accepting of it. Um, uh, Adrian Broner, <laughs> one of your favorite people. Yo, this dude was on his Instagram account the other day asking people to support him by giving him ten dollars through cash app because he's going through some tough times. This has to be the greatest F O H in the history of F O H's. Cause like come on, Adrian Broner. Like you could pull that off if you weren't who you were. Like, you're on an Instagram account that's named About Billions asking people for $10 after we've seen you for the last decade post videos of you burning money, throwing money on the ground, throwing money away, just doing all kinds of crazy stuff with money, telling us how you're rich and we're broke. Even though, you know, the real people out there kind of knew like this dude, like I always question. I'm like, yo, he does not have enough money to be treating money the way he does. Like he thinks he's Floyd, 
but hasn't put in the the, the work or received the earnings of Floyd, but he thinks he's on that same level. And I'm not saying anything Floyd we've ever seen him do with money was the right thing either, but we still know that he had it. I never even thought this dude was rich, but he'll take any paycheck he got, cash the whole thing, come out and get on his, his Instagram, get on YouTube and act a whole ass. And now he's out here asking people to to give him $10 a piece. And I'm pretty sure he has a lot of followers. Yo, what's your thoughts on that? man? F O H. Yo, um, I, I really don't have anything to say constructive. Like, I, yo, I don't know. And, and, and I'm just, he has 1.1 million followers on IG. So I think, you know, yo. he was expecting, you know, $10 from all of them. That's a whole lot of money yo. to try to get stuff back on your feet. I know that this is wrong, man, and and I hope that that brother gets the help that he needs, and that help is not anyone sending him uh, $10, but I would be a bold-faced liar if I didn't, if I told you that I, that I hope he makes it to the future, because I, I don't. I don't be one <laughs> to make it to the future. This is, but this is one of those things where, like, you've, you've basically erased all benefit of the doubt. Like, there's a lot of celebrities out there that can pull this off. Even ones that we know at some point in their life may have been wealthy or at least, you know, rich. It's a difference. But. Shout out. Shout out. Like, I'm, Shout you know, out to you're, you're, you're the last. Like, like, I've seen celebrities be able to pull this off and people will send them money. Dude, yeah. I. I I just don't. See. I mean, there's going to be people out there. There's stands for everybody. I mean, because when when you know people were critical of him before, you know, he had a little contingency that would defend him and defend his actions. But dude, I I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Um, if he is having those type of money problems, I don't think anybody out there is surprised by it. But I just don't see you know a lot of people jumping to the front of the line to to help this dude after the kind of stuff we've seen him do with money on his uh, social media. Alright, so the royal family was a little peeved this week, and I'm not talking about Prince Harry and, his, and Meghan Markle. Um, at a televised ESPN high school game in Springfield, Massachusetts, <laughs> Bronny Got an orange peel tossed at him from a fan sitting in the, you know, about third or fourth row um, in a loss to Paul the Six. Shout out to Paul the Six. Shout out if to you remember. Paul We coached against them a couple of times. And we, yeah, when we were coaching high school ball in D.C., we've, we've seen that juggernaut of a program. So they beat Sierra Canyon near the end of the game. Um, orange peel comes out of the crowd, hits Brownie. The story goes, you know, LeBron James is asked about it. You know, he's it's Martin Luther King week, so he gets on his activist daddy type stuff. You know, there's hatred everywhere and this and that. Um, and then we found out Shut that up. the culprit was an eight-year-old boy. Um, 
I also saw an interview with LeBron acknowledged that it was a young person. He didn't know how young um, the guy, the, the kid was. And then we found out later because the little boy had posted an apology to his YouTube. We found out that this dude is a LeBron James stan. Um, either he is or his mom set up the YouTube video that way to <laughs> to get people off their back because you know in this world that we live in because he threw an orange pill at Bronny James that his mom was getting some threats and all kinds of stuff. Um, either way, he does an apology video where he's sitting there with all of these LeBron Laker jerseys, different colors. He shows you his LeBron shoes, even though he does have on a Michael Jordan shirt. Um, and he basically says, hi, James family. I just want to apologize that I threw an orange pill, orange pill at Bronny. Um, I didn't want to hurt anyone. I was actually there at Springfield College during Hoop Hall. I'm not lying or trying to get clout. I was in the front area seats. People around me were not my parents. My parents were sitting a couple of seats away because I wanted to sit, sit closer. I was calling out Bronny's name and just wanted him to see me. So this is basically, this is a, a James family stan who just didn't know any better being eight and tried to get his attention by throwing something at him. Like how do how how do you think they feel at this point? Do you think there's any remorse for you know the kind of stuff they were saying at first? You know the whole hatred thing and all of that kind of stuff. Now that they know that it's a, a youngin, and not even that. Now that they know that it's a youngin who's a huge LeBron stand. Because the whole news cycle the day after was, you know, this kid is getting this kind of treatment because people hate his dad. And you then you realize that in this particular instance, not saying that that's not true, but in this particular instance, you know, it was somebody who absolutely loves his dad. So it was it was kind of different. Yo. Do you see that? I'm going to tell you what I see. I see this kid being... I hate as as where they city girls say, I see this kid being flewed out to LA. <laughs> he gonna get flewed out. Um, get the treatment. Front row tickets to a Laker game. I see LeBron. Maybe you know LeBron's all about image at this point. At this point, I can see him making amends with some of those comments and some of their initial thoughts by you know hosting the dude. Which is gonna cause a firestorm, then everybody gonna start throwing stuff at Bronny, see if they can get some Laker tickets or something. But <laughs> that's what I hope happens. How do you see this ending if it hasn't ended already just on the apology? First I, I don't see like LeBron today. letting it go like that. I see LeBron uh, putting Mav to work on this one. Cap- yeah, you gotta capitalize. Um for the image. Do it for the culture. Uh let me just say that I hate in two thousand and twenty that this is a story. Because it's only because everyone has a a camera phone and because of social media that this is even a story. Like, someone threw an orange peel at you. So what? So? Like, no, really, the way that it went down, because I was actually watching the game, but I didn't see that. But when I saw this later, like on the, you know, just sports news, like, I thought mm-hmm. somebody threw something at Bronny that could hurt him. I'm like, oh, people are here throwing batteries at my youngin and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I found out it was an orange peel. I'm like, oh, yeah. man. All right. Somebody's just being a jerk. And then I found out it was an eight-year-old kid. I'm like, all right, just some undisciplined eight-year-old kid. Then I found yeah. out he was a LeBron stand. I'm like, okay, this is just a kid who was just trying to get Bronny to look at him. Bronny! Yeah, Bronny you, you, 
and you got mm-hmm. you got to that conclusion by deductive reasoning in about five minutes. Yo, why? <laughs> yo, why is this? First, I hate I hate humans because this is a story. But then let me go into the question that you asked. Yeah. So if Bron is who we think he is and Maverick is who we think he is, they're going to capitalize on this and spin it in a positive way because of the way LeBron reacted because he thought someone threw a battery at his kid as well and wasn't aware that it was an orange peel or an eight-year-old. So to do damage control, if he really cares, he should reach out to this little boy at the very least and and touch bases with him and if he's really up for the game to run the game on the on the on the marketplace fly him out yeah flute him out flute him out to the yeah yeah flute him you know just flute out um no yeah i i don't say i agree with you but i don't think what you said is the least could be the least the least he can do is is tweet what up young boy you know what i mean whatever his name is because i'm sure he said it in his youtube video Really, the least he can do is get in the comments in the YouTube video. It's all good, youngin. All right, boy. LeBron James spoke to you. Game over. But, like we said, more than an athlete, LeBron's bigger than that. LeBron's all about that image. LeBron might want to capitalize on that. So, I don't know. You know, this might <laughs> this boy might end up being um um little Z's uh, future husband or something. <laughs> LeBron's gonna work it that far. Um, but anyway, let's let's uh, let me get your initial thoughts because we got a couple of calls we're gonna try to get to before we get out of here. Let me get some initial thoughts um, on the Super Bowl real quick. This day in sports history, um, on January twenty third, twenty fifteen, Clay Thompson scores an NBA record thirty seven points in a quarter. He also hit an NBA record nine three pointers en route to that thirty seven points in a quarter, and the Warriors one twenty six to one on one win over the Sacramento Kings. Um, we all know Clay has the propensity <laughs> to go off like that sometimes and does it in very minimal dribbles because he's playing with a bunch of all-stars, so he could just stand still and be open. Um, but, no, that was a hell of a quarter that Clay had. Um, Super Bowl 54 is a little over a week away, and like we said, we don't have to jump too far into it now because uh, – you know, we got two more shows on that next week's show, and then we do our pregame show prior to the Super Bowl. So I just want to get your initial thoughts. But before we do that, um, everybody, make sure if you need a website for your business, you call Digital Extreme Technologies. Uh, you don't have to break the bank. You'll get a top-notch website, great prices. Financing options are available as well. Visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And if you call in and they ask you who sent you, make sure you tell them that the homies over at the war room sent you. Get you that hookup. All right, real quick, Super Bowl 54. Um, Right now, like, initial thoughts on the game, um, we kind of talked about it already. This is kind of like great defense meets great offense. But what I want to ask you about real quick is Andy Reid's legacy. Because for me, this is playing a great this, – this is maybe the biggest storyline for me because, you know, I still root for Andy Reid. Um, when he left Philly, I think it was time for him to leave Philly. Um, but I wasn't mad at him. You know, I never was like, oh, man, Andy, blah, 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 get him out of here. It was, just, it was time. So, 
you know, you don't get upset about things like that when it's time. Um, I personally think Andy Reid right now might be the greatest NFL coach of all time who hasn't won a Super Bowl. And I think he cements his legacy with just one Super Bowl win. And I think everybody out there looks at Andy Reid in a totally different way. You, you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, and, and I would even say that we're closeted, pause, Andy Reid fans. Like I know I what Andy is. I know what Andy <laughs> is. I know what he's not. I know his deficiencies. I know he doesn't he still to this day doesn't know what the challenge flag is or what it's for. And he just throws it. I mean it's cool for him <laughs> and and clock management isn't his thing. Clock management is not his thing. And he, he he's an honorable and really nice guy. Like he doesn't want to beat you. By more than two touchdowns, it's not gentlemen. All that, all that said, all that conceded too. All that with adjustments, the system will will get us out of this. If you give Andy a good solid week to plan in his system, oh, there's an eighty percent, maybe eighty-five percent chance he beat you. And if you give him a bye week and the right personnel. It's it's not it's a done deal. So yeah, and he should have won that, Super Bowl thirty nine. He had a good I, I, enough I, I, plan I, I, against Bill Belichick to win uh, Super Bowl thirty nine. He, 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 he can't he help it. Young, he believed in a young black quarterback that he shouldn't have believed in, and so it it, it cost him. I I think that Andy is the greatest non Super Bowl winning coach, and I am rooting for him to win a Super Bowl. And I think the one time I'll stand against Philadelphia Eagles fans, probably not the one time, but we as a, as a fan base took Andy for granted and we're far too fickle in our nature to give him the break that he probably deserved. Cause you know, how <laughs> we, we are. We didn't get a Super Bowl until the Andy Reid clone came as, in. As Eagles, Somebody. as Eagles fans, we 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 were we were sick and tired all but yo we had a run with Andy Reid of success oh, he he never experienced in Philadelphia and I will yo. forever be thankful and grateful to Andy for what he did for, to my franchise because I was there with he, Rich Kotite and, and I was Rose. about to say we we hate Rich Kotite um, <laughs> the white people hate Ray Rose. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know, a lot of people, like you said, people still take Andy Reid for granted. But, look, we love cats like Buddy Ryan. Yo, Buddy Yo, Ryan never won a playoff Buddy. game. And Buddy Ryan. He never won a playoff shit. game in Philly. He was like 0-3 yeah, he like in the playoffs. But we, and I'm guilty of it myself. Like, we love Buddy I love, Ryan. I love Buddy. But it's just because of how ignorant we are. And Buddy Ryan has sent somebody out there to, to do dirty Buddy stuff. Ryan, we Buddy like Ryan was just as ignorant as we were as right. a fan. Buddy and, Ryan. And, and people like that. But we love, but like, like as a fan base, I'm saying we because I love Andy as well. But we love Buddy Buddy Ryan, but Andy Reid made them relevant, and I think yeah. the the relevancy that he gave them, they still live off of today. I say even even winning the Super Bowl, you bring in Andy's understudy, the first quarterback that he uh, brought to to Philadelphia, became his quarterback coach at some time. Goes to Kansas City. This dude becomes his offensive coordinator. You send him back to Philly. Now what you have is Andy Reid with less ego. So he's willing to do more things where Andy would have stood pat and been stubborn, and it worked for him, and they broke through, and they got one. So you still owe a lot 
to to the dude Andy Reid, and and I'm definitely Yo, rooting for him. Super Bowl my man, I know I know it got on our nerves at the time, but my man was so noble because he would get in front of that he would get in front of the mic when Donovan threw ball to the other team three times and say it was my fault. I made Donovan throw it to the other team. I told him, <laughs> and he turned red and he almost cried. It's all on me. I have to, I have to put, I have to put Donovan in a better position. <laughs> Yo, it had let, nothing let, to do. Man. Like I said, so, our, our Super Bowl coverage will definitely ramp up uh, next week. Um, we'll talk about everything going into the game, and then of course on our pregame show. We'll give our final thoughts. But before we get out of here, man, we got the homie Nas calling in from GA. What up, Nas? Uh, what up with y'all, man? Hey, I, I, I eased off the Red Bulls, so hopefully we ain't clashing like we was last time when I was supposed to speak every time somebody else spoke. Slow down, young man. What's There's up? only two of us tonight, so <laughs> more room. And shout out to Jim. But yo, yo, y'all right about Andy Reid, man. Andy Reid is one of the most disrespected uh, all-time great coaches. Uh, not He's only nice team-wise, but just right, right. What people have taken nice from him guy. and then expanded on. Yeah, and, and look, as much as I want to blame number five for that Super Bowl, as it was average as he as he was in that Super Bowl. I think we need to blame that other team on the other side, who somehow. Uh, every time they were blitzed, had a screen ready all night for the sign stealing, cheating Patriots. I was about to say, because they had, they knew we were going to They knew exactly what the defensive signal was. Nah, nah, that, that is true. That's what my game was all about, defensive signal. But, but, but yeah. Will turned, he turned the ball over four times. He only gets credit for three, but the interception he threw that they called back, me personally, I, I give him that one too. That one counts for me. Because Kelly he ended up throwing it again on the very next play. So you just gave him both of them. Donovan of all But come on, man. Deion Branch, 900 catches. Every time they blitzed, they was ready with like. Mm-hmm. I ain't never forgiven that. Like the NFL didn't say a mumbling word about it. No, they knew they was. They knew they was cheating, but you can't give the other team the ball four times. He had three picks and a fumble, man. He had three picks and a fumble. Yo, he was cheeks. <laughs> and Andy said, and we it's all right. The one. I played, he said, five played great. It was my fault. I got to put him in a better position. <laughs> yeah, yo, I, I don't want to open up old wounds, man. So I'm going to leave it oh, alone. But that Patriot thing is big to me, bro. Uh, oh, the, the, the Sixers. Hey, people are bugging, man. The, the Sixers are fine. They're the, basically the quintessential flip-the-switch team. Their problem is they're building up a lot of bad habits that could come back to bite them later on in the season. They think mm-hmm. they'll just be able to get it right. But when Simmons is aggressive, they are a championship-level team. The problem is he just doesn't do it every night offensively. Defensively, right, right. he's taking leaps, man. Him and Thibo out there together, it looks like Scotty and Mike at certain points, like Dober Yo, after you. Like, yeah. not, I was talking to somebody the other night because it was a game where the offense just didn't do much, but they kind of turned it on defensively. When that when that team turns it on defensively, they look special. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to say that because that's my team, but that's a great defensive team when they decide, all right, it's time to lock up, y'all. It, it's, it's crazy what they do out there. Yeah, those three guys 
guys on the perimeter because they had Richardson to it. Like that, that yeah. is a really exceptional top tier perimeter defense. So they they can do some things, man. And they're built to beat Milwaukee. So the the issue is, will they get put out before then because of these bad habits? So you know how every coach yells at you. You know what I mean? I'm like, you are that the habit they, that you uh, do every day. They get past that Toronto thing. I'm like, ah, oh, that could have been us benefiting from all the injuries of the of the uh, the oh. Warriors. Um, yeah, definitely. What do you think about the whole Al Horford thing, though? There's a lot of buzz around trading him for a shooter. I mean, I heard C.J. McCollum's name coming, not just a shooter, but somebody that can create offense. For me, at first, I was buying into it, but then Embiid reminds you that he's not going to play a whole season. So I'm like, man, yeah, I don't know, because the fact that you can – and B can go down, and you can still have a center out there at least almost his equal defensively, so the defense doesn't suffer. I'm like, I don't know if you can trade Horford now that you don't know if B because if you get rid of him and then B gets hurt again, like they don't, I don't, they don't have a shot. Yeah. Oh, right, that, that's what the signing of Horford and Tobias was about. Uh, right. Line up, I guess you could say, <laughs> being able to be versatile with the lineup. And then long-term, if you decide you're getting off of Ben or you decide you're getting off of Joel, you would still be a contender. So, to me, that's why they kept the lineup the way it is. And also, you have to be, you know, somewhat of a roadblock against my, I'm against uh, Milwaukee. So, I, I, I could get it. But I don't think you can get value for Horford if you did trade him. I think you actually end up on the losing end of that because the salary is so con- big. Because the contract. So yeah. Old. yeah, the contract. Yeah. You can't get rid of him. Yeah. Uh-oh. I can't see uh, you man, getting we, back. Like we 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 gonna get into some Lakers stuff at that point where people talking about getting Devin Booker and stuff. Hey, y'all ain't got a right. draft pick to to be seen till twenty. <laughs> I don't know what. You have no young assets except Kuzma, who's a really limited player. And you know, like, nah, you're not getting one of the big fish. Like, you should be happy if you can get Collison or whatever. But the Lakers right. are fully built, man. I, I like them. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, AD and LeBron are healthy. I mean, they should have no problem uh, running through the West until you know, we get the showdown with the Clippers. No doubt. But, oh, oh, I'm, oh, the uh, uh, Delonte. Hurry up. Last one. We got to get out of here. <laughs> right, Delonte has schizophrenia, man. When people have schizophrenia, it's hard to diagnose them, and it's hard to get them treatment because as an adult, he has to agree to sign himself in, and he okay. has to take on that heavy regimen of prescriptions. And for the most part, it's, it's just a fight getting them to do it. So, I mean, that's what we're seeing in real time. So, as much as people care about them, you can't force that grown man to be committed or to follow the regimen. So, right. I mean, this is going to be off and on for a long time, bro. And I think Antonio Brown, I think we're looking at something similar uh, with that dude out there. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk All more about that because he's, he's in his spiral. Yeah. His spiral is amazing, man. It's a shame. But yeah, we're, we're right. calling we'll call next week. Call early. We try to get to you earlier so we can wrap a little longer, man. It's all good. Y'all be easy, man. All right, bro. All right, you, you too. All right, man. So B, let's get up out of chair. We'd like to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, War Room Sports, Game Time on the Group Me app, and all the callers who called to holler at us. Tune in next week, live right here on demand as we get deeper into our Super Bowl 54 coverage. So until then, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the start of next week, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, 
and network podcast on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What?